But I think that'd be a great podcast. Rodney describes one film, but he records it <laughs> a number times. of times. Yeah. Like everyone else is secretly recording it. <laughs> I think by the tenth time, what do you think this film is about? Yeah, or you know, it would be it'd, it'd take like to the tenth time that then you would just get a succinct like what everyone else would say you'd, normally. You'd say Lion King told by you would be so. It's so basically, it's a story of so you have Simba who so so then he's so then he doesn't want him to come back and get him. Him is Scar, his uncle. Mm-hmm. They're both lions. Um, in Africa, yeah, and so Timon and Simba they then beat up him. Scar, Timon's not a lion. That is such a that's such a good impression. That's so good. <laughs> that sounds. That's, I mean, to me, I follow that. <laughs> so I don't. I don't see any. I don't see any issue with that logic. This is Down the Hall podcast with your hosts Chet Jobert. It's Black Hawk Down with aliens. What's the problem? Rodney Hart. Oh, definitely would have been Team Jake. Not the vampire. You don't root for a vampire. And if you're lucky, Lyndon Wells. I thought Chet was going to launch into his terrible British accent again. Beer garden. Beer garden was pretty spot <laughs> that was on. pretty good. No, he definitely got that. Hi, welcome into another episode of Down the Hall Podcast. We have the entire band back together, which, you know, I know we've had for a week or two here, but where, it just where did we go? It felt like so long that we hadn't had everyone together. Now, the listeners may not get that because we recorded like two or three episodes in a row, mm. but like six years ago at this point. Mm. And so here we are. Rodney, it's here. amazing that they're still relevant suggestions. Mother Goose is lovely to be together. Oh, wow. Mm. Yeah. You know what, Lyndon? I'm so proud. that That's my fake swear word. And I, I the more it gets spread, the more I, I feel good about myself. Mother Goose. Well, we are Down the Hall Podcast. If you're listening to us for the first time, uh, our whole thing is that we help people take back movie night. Mm-hmm. Because the average person wastes over 115 hours. I thought we were going to echo it. You could use 115 hours. Thank you. So look at it's a it's a really delayed echo. Uh, They waste 115 hours, Lyndon. 115 hours. Yeah, (laughs) thank you. Going tile to tile to tile to tile to tile. I did my own echo there, and uh, just searching for something to watch. Uh, Chet, you told us that you know how you'd put to put to use that extra 115 hours that we're gifting you back. Yeah, so I've been a, apartment hunting lately, right? So mm-hmm. that that in and of itself requires more than 115 extra hours. So I'm mm-hmm. glad we have that, that we give back. But I will say, um, of all the places I've looked at, uh, I've come away with not very many stories except for this one from, uh, I think it was two two days ago, this, uh, this very nice old lady uh, who was showing me two different apartments. So she, she's trying out real estate. She's trying it out as a, as a profession. Mm. This this is certainly not her first job. Now you you said she's probably about eighty. I don't know that she's eighty because it but, feels like it's too late in the game to try something but new, right? At that felt, point, I'm not I'm not trying to be ageist here, but this this was not her first job. I'll just say that this is her first attempt at real estate. Was your reaction was was mother goose? She's old. <laughs> so I I went into it like whatever. Yeah, I don't care. I'm just I'm goose. just trying to find a right, the right <laughs> yeah. place. So if she's gonna help me find the right place, I don't care if she's eighty or eight. Like what? Well, maybe eight would be bad. I don't want to be you know mm. walking through empty apartments with an eight year old person. So all right, we'll say I do have like a minimum. <laughs> you're, you're I babysitting. I, I have so. a minimum age, but maximum age. Like I'm very open minded. So mm. I'm walking into this apartment, and the first thing she says to me is, "I really hope you like it," because. No one calls me back, and I get discouraged. I'm like, 
oh no <laughs> and then i didn't she's, like she's it she's played the guilt card early there real early i didn't like it so she's like it's okay we have i didn't tell her that but she, I, she had a second one anyway she wanted to show me so she's like oh it's it's like the next building we'll walk it was a 15 minute walk to this next thing and mm. the whole way well it was probably like a eight minute walk but i was walking with her it was a 15 minute walk the whole way. So we're going and she's just talking about how like she's trying out real estate and how she's like, it's been a tough road so far and how she just needs business and she's getting real discouraged and maybe it's her accent and maybe it's because she's old and I'm she's getting, playing a I'm, lot of cards I'm starting to point. feel like so <laughs> bad. So anyway, I see the second apartment. It's a little bit better, but still not, you know, not, not the one. Right. Mm. And, and then she said, oh, my diabetes is playing up. Yeah. <laughs> I have to get back to uh, my sick grandchild. Yeah. No, <laughs> so I find myself on the stairs of this place counseling this woman. I'm mm. like, hey, listen, my friend Austin, he's in real estate. Also, Austin's a listener of the show. So, Austin, mm. shout out to you. You helped me counsel this woman. He's in real estate. And he said the first year is the toughest year. And then and then you just go from there. Like, you're doing great. You gave me all the information I needed. You gave me too much information, in fact. And, you know, hey, you're it's you're in Boston. And it's it's these are apartments in a great area. You're going to you'll be fine. You'll be fine. And I haven't called her back. I'm not going to. I, I can't. I think you owe her a call. I think she's she's waiting for. I don't know, Linda. What do you think? I, I vote he calls. I thought he calls her right now. Oh, okay. I'll do that. Um, I'm gonna do the I'm gonna do the basic details for the movie of the week, and then while Rodney is telling us what it's about, I'm gonna call this woman. Oh, fantastic! Well, I don't know how you get a podcast, but you should look into it. Yes, of course. It's down the hall. I'm psyched. And here we go. All right, so the movie of the week um, to help you take back movie night is Before We Go. Sure you're okay? My purse was stolen. I got like 80 bucks. How far are you going? You can't help me. So what do you want to do? You want to get a hotel room or something? Excuse me? No, not, not. (laughs) Jesus. Not for us, for you. This movie came out in 2014. It is available to you on Netflix. It stars Chris Evans and Alice Eve. We can find your purse. We can get you home and make me a hero. Want to come with me? Have a little adventure? I'm sure that my husband will really appreciate your helping me. I think you might be missing some hardware. What is that supposed to mean? You're not wearing a wedding ring. You know, I'm calling it like I see it. Oh! Go back to whatever you were doing before I came along and I ruined your night. You didn't ruin my night. The running time, it's very short. It's only an hour and 35 minutes. And this is a rom-com with definitely more of a sense of drama to it. Mm. Uh, and it is directed by Chris Evans. So I don't know, maybe Lyndon will know this, if this is the first one he's directed. But... Yeah, this is his debut, yeah. Okay. All right, cool. So while uh, Rodney's giving you the uh, the sense of what the film's about, I'm going to call this uh, real estate agent. I feel like you're going to distract me, but okay. So this, <laughs> so this, this movie is basically the story of... Uh, Alice Eve is kind of running to try. It starts off with her running to try and catch a train that she misses. Um, and Chris Evans sees her. They're in New York in um, in Penn Station. And after she's missed the train, she basically kind of right away insists like it's a pretty urgent situation. And, you know, she's missing her purse and needs to get back to Boston because basically a relationship depends on it. And in any case, the story basically goes from... Chris Evans, uh, the story is basically about Chris Evans starting to walk around with with Alice Eve, trying to help her get back, you know, troubleshoot with her. And, you know, in the process, they kind of get to know each other. And, um, you know, it's it's kind of a 
more of a drama than it is a comedy for sure. And, you know, in, in this whole conversation, her needing to get back kind of the premise is that, you know, if she doesn't get back, that her marriage is over and you kind of, he slowly is trying to figure out why that's the case. And that's kind of a mystery part of it uh, throughout. And then in the process, you also kind of figure out stuff about him. And so anyway, to me, it's a very uh, interesting movie because that relationship dynamic and their conversation throughout kind of carries the the whole thing. And they go situation to situation, wandering around New York, uh, trying to figure out, like, how do I get you back there before 7 a.m.? And so it's a, I don't know, there's kind of this, you know, pressure that's kind of built in because she needs to get there, uh, sense of urgency and to me, I feel like that's kind of the hook is, you know, there's there's kind of this countdown clock for her to get back and they're doing all these dis- different things to to try and get her there. But um, I don't know. I think it's a I, I genuinely really, really enjoy the movie. I think um, it's primarily just those two, uh, the, the you know, Chris Evans and, and Alice Eve that that carry the movie. And, um, you, you know, you just learn a lot through through their conversation. So to me, I thought it was a, a really, really great movie. Lyndon, what did I miss? Uh, I think you covered it all there. I think this is um, really, I think this is a lovely film. I think this is uh, a recommendation from my wife, Lindsay, that I then went and watched with her and then mentioned it to you guys. I think it's it's quite sensitive and intelligent film. It's I think it's nicely directed by Chris Evans. It's got very much an indie drama feel to it and a, almost an old-fashioned nature behind it, which is quite nice to watch. And you just see them go through situation to situation, how they cope with it and the, the banter and fun between them. And as each situation they go through, they kind of let the guard down a bit more and mm. you find out more about their characters. And obviously that has some ups and downs, including some singing and some trumpet playing and all sorts of things going on. But it's, I think when I thought of this film, I thought this is a film I thought of Chet straight away. It's the way um, Chet describes the films a couple of times with uh, recommended really well. It's like a snapshot into a little part of someone's lives, and it's it's quite set over a very short period of time. It's just over that uh, evening, stroke morning, and it's their snapshot of these two characters kind of like colliding mm-hmm. and how that affects uh, their whole life almost. Right. But it's, it's yeah, uh, I think it's really. Really nice little film that I think you'd have to be made of stone if it doesn't warm your heart a little bit. I would agree with that. And I don't have much to add. You guys did uh, a good job there, obviously, with covering the, the details. And, Lyndon, you um, mentioned the the snapshot into somebody's life. I, I do love movies like that where it's not it's not like an epic story. Of, you know, there's not a, a, a crazy conflict necessarily. It's just sort of it picks up and ends in a way where there's probably more to be told and, and probably more, like, background to start with, right? So you're just kind of yeah. picking it up in the middle of somebody's sort of experience and you get to see it for a little bit and then, and then you dip out, right? That's and that, how yeah, this and one I think, feels. And like the, the before films, before Sunrise, etc., are kind of comparison pieces right. a little bit. Yeah, you, you and, stole what and I was going to say next, you Yeah, you mother goose. It's, it's also before, yeah. The before, yeah. Uh, was so, so before Sunrise is the first one, then before yeah. Sunset and before Midnight. Mm. And before we go is clearly the spinoff, the the American <laughs> yeah. version. But uh, no, I, it's I mean, a very confusing franchise. The the one difference I, I was thinking is I think the before trilogy are probably better. I mean, they're they're critically acclaimed, mm-hmm. but this the difference I thought was this had 
I think as Rodney said, some sort of added pressure to it of like sort of a deadline, an imposed deadline that this woman was facing, where the the um the beauty, I guess, of the before trilogy is that there was no deadline. It's just kind of like this walk through the night or walk through the, you know, it's just kind of like this yeah. almost endless conversation. Um, it's kind of like a challenge to this film, isn't it? Each situation they get themselves into, they're trying to right. achieve this challenge of getting her to Boston. Right. So, yeah, it does add that time pressure. But you know what else I, I think I liked is that, to me, I feel like movies like this, um, I don't know, I think they, they make you realize just in our human, in our lives, like the impact a singular day can have. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, the the, exactly. the right conversation, so much of our lives, you know, becomes routine and non-changing, but that, you know, you can collide and have a moment like this that... Could change the course it, of your whole life. Exactly, or, or shape your perspective on it, if, if nothing yeah, else. Yeah, that, you yeah know, exactly. And, but that's just as important. Right, and I think, you know, there's a sense to me also in movies like this where, you know... I don't know. You just start to appreciate like little, little details of like, you know, things that they end up doing throughout. Just, you just kind of go like, what a cool, what a cool experience. And, and when you do find that mind frame or, or whatever in your life, how, you know, when you're open to then go and do and, and talk and be honest and be open, uh, with someone, just the power that that can, can be. And so to me, I, I love movies like this. Yeah. I think the films like this are that easy targets to criticize mm-hmm. and you can be a bit snobby about them but there's a lot of compassion to this film mm-hmm. uh, and i think it's a nice it's a really nice little film definitely worth a watch 100 mm-hmm. so uh by the way the real estate agent did not pick up and so anyway uh what did well, we maybe that's why she's not doing so well <laughs> what what did we give this movie on a scale from one to ten starting with lord linden lord linden gives this a, a nice seven i think this is an, an easy recommendation easy sell uh, good score. Mm. Does that mean you are you drinking tea because you want to you want to wrap it up? Go for it. Uh, <laughs> I I gave this movie an eight. Um, I liked it that much. I thought the, um, nice. the conversation and to me was a very lasting impression. Um, the the various scenes and and everything that they had. And when I started it for again for the second time recently, I was like, oh yeah, I love this even more than I remembered. Yeah, yeah, I think that's worth mentioning. Second time round, it hits a bit home a bit more. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think it it was a seven for me, but the rewatchability factor because I have seen it twice was bumps it up to an eight. So I'm with you, Rado. Uh, solid eight. Um, but Rodney, what was the IMDb score? So right now it sits at a six point eight. So I mean, a respectable score. Um, you know, not not as high as a lot of the movies that we do. And uh, as people will find out when we transition to the professionals' opinions. Hate, 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 hate. Double hate. Loathe entirely. I like you a lot. Uh, Rotten Tomato side of things, we have a 21%. So between 6.8 on IMDb and 21% on Rotten Tomatoes, I think this might be the lowest rated movie that we've done singularly. It's hard to remember exactly. Yeah. That feels like a very low score on Rotten Tomatoes. And I think that's um, a reflection of maybe what I was trying to say that maybe with Chris Evans, with his star power, the expectations was a bit more. And the fact with his directorial debut, the fact he made a, a low key kind of old fashioned romantic one night of film that maybe the expectations were higher, but, these type of films, these indie kind of set over one night rom, romantic. I think it's more romantic 
drama than anything. Yeah, yeah. I, they, I, uh, I barely they, see they become the very mm-hmm. easy agree. to criticise, and they can be described as a bit schlotzy, maybe. But I think that's very unfair. But it's I can you can see this is exactly the type of films will get up critics' backs for no reason. So speaking of them, what were the uh, best and worst reviews there, Lyndon? Well, this is going to get up your back, Chet. Uh, so we haven't heard from them in a while, but it's about time we brought back our friends for the worst review from Slant Magazine. <laughs> Why? Why do we do this to ourselves? I don't understand. <laughs> it's so stupid what they said, too. Uh, um, go ahead, read it. <laughs> go ahead, read it. Go ahead, read it. Go, read, it. You read it. Hold me back. The setup is so familiar that frustration sets in before the title is barely faded from view. <laughs> He's so stupid. <laughs> I was so frustrated before the title even went away. I I was already penning this sentence. I it is a wonder. Like what how how could you be that frustrated at the start? Like you would have had to have started frustrated, I feel like, to still be to be frustrated by the time the title Fades. I don't really know what would have been frustrating. The ever applicable question: uh, Who hurt you? Slant magazine. <laughs> and I did read another review that I thought was slant because it was so bad. And they were like, uh, "Chris Evans, before we go, meeting at the train station never really leaves the station." Ah, uh, there's another I was one. Like, that sounds like slant. Yeah, yeah, that's. It's too cute. It's it's too cute. Yeah. I just. Well, let's go to the best review, and well, then I've got some questions. The, yeah, let's go to the best review, yeah. The best review comes from the New York Times, and they have said that the chemistry makes the movie's pleasures easy to surrender to, albeit fleetingly. So certainly not a rave review, but as we already knew, it had a 21% on Rotten Tomatoes. But at least they agree that that there's pleasures that are easy to surrender to. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think fleeting is maybe fair like we both yeah we all said we enjoyed it more second time around and it yeah it's not forgettable but it is fleeting and i think it's meant to be yeah. but i think the overall feel of the film is just charming i think i mean without saying too much i mean yeah i think the point is that it is fleeting you know that yeah. that you know maybe what they've what they're taking away isn't fleeting but you know that the experience the experience is fleeting you know and all of our experiences can be fleeting you know yeah. Well, speaking of saying too much, uh, as we transition into this, uh, into the rest of this episode, um, one of the things that we always try to avoid doing is is spoiling the movie of the week. Yeah. We save towards the back half of every episode or the very end of every episode a spoiler discussion, and we give people fair warning. But in this in this episode, um, our topic, um, because the movie of the week doesn't necessarily have a happy ending, and that's a little spoily. Mm-hmm. Our topic is our favorite movies that don't have happy endings but also Lyndon, you had a game prepared for us that uh has like twists involved like a guessing twist in movies so that's going to be spoily too so basically have a bunch of spoiler stuff coming up Mm. in this episode but before we get to any of that yeah uh Lyndon, you have our movie to avoid i do and this was again i feel we we need to recommend a film with him in because I've, I've had a couple of films to avoid, but he's always so safe usually. It's Jason Bateman, who one of these Netflix algorithms popped up and recommended a film with Zach Braff in and him from uh, a while ago, 2006. Yeah, yeah. yeah, called The X. And basically, Jason Bateman plays this guy in a wheelchair who was his ex. And Zach Braff moves to the area and is now married to his ex-girlfriend. And... 
it's meant to be a comedy, but I didn't laugh once. Not once. And I wanted to hit everybody on the screen. <laughs> oh boy, violent Lyndon. It's my favorite violent version of Lyndon. Very violent. Yeah. No, I I think you know I saw just the preview, and I mean on the setup alone, I'm not a Zach Braff fan, but I would think like, oh, this would probably be a movie I'd put on and enjoy. Uh, like a seven, I'd enjoy like an eight. And um, I watched the preview and I thought, no, I'm good. Like Jason Bateman what... looks un- incredibly annoying. Oh, no, everyone in this film is so annoying. And what makes me even more angry is the Rotten Tomato score is 19%. It's only 2% below than before we go, which is crazy. Because even the difference, even the difference in the standard of filmmaking is huge. Yeah. And I know we're transitioning into the topic of sad endings. Do sad endings in a movie that may typically have a happy ending, does, does that affect a score? Cause I think it, uh, some people like it all tied up in a nice, nice bow, don't they? Yeah, and I uh, feel like, I mean, I you know, people... Films that don't do that are more challenging. Yeah, I do. I agree. And I feel like people are open to it with maybe a movie that is a more deep movie. But, you know, I'm wondering if because of the fact, because that this would be a movie that would typically have a more, as you put it, tidy ending, and it didn't, that people go, oh, I hated it. Which is ludicrous. So we, uh, the topic this week was, what are your, your favorite movies with... I mean, I guess sad endings is how I worded it, but yeah. it doesn't necessarily have to be sad endings, right? Just not tidy in a bow, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess it doesn't necessarily have to be sad, just not not necessarily your traditional uh, good guys win in the end. Okay, so how do you guys want to do this? You want to look at the listeners' responses first and then come back to ours? Is that how you want to proceed here? That sounds yes. good to me. All right. <laughs> so, uh, all right, so it starts with the listeners. Um, we have Jeff in Boise. He says, The Mist. Oh, now, that I, is a crushing film. Okay. Well, I never saw it. Wait, yeah. You've never seen it? No. no. Is that the one oh, well, with uh, I think it's, Marky Mark? It's based on a Stephen King. F- oh, yeah. I thought it was Stephen a Stephen ter- King book. Don't people and, consider it, it terrible? The film's not. No, the film is pretty good. I think the most recent film, the Frank Darabont one, they changed the ending slightly for the book, but I've never read the book. But basically, it's this myth that's kind of destroying people and yada, yada, yada. And they. It's basically, it becomes too much, and this dad shoots his child and wife, and then goes to shoot himself, and then the, the army just turn up and are rescuing everyone they can find, and the film just ends. Oh gosh! Oh it boy! So basically, he gets rescued after he's killed his family. Yeah. All right. So I guess we should say that's a good spoiler that, alert. That's a good reminder. Spoiler alert for all of these, because I inevitably we're probably going to speak out parts of his endings yeah. as we're talking yeah. through them, right? And really, really through the rest of this episode, because the game Lyndon has is all about endings and twists and stuff. So we, we're spoiling stuff today. Like this is a, this is a spoiler left, right, episode, yeah. right? right? So the next one came from Dave on Cape Cod, uh, seeking a friend for the end of the world, which was uh, one that we did as a, uh, as a recommendation one week. You know, that's when the world does actually end. Mm-hmm. Like they don't, there isn't like a, a, a NASA mission that saves everyone, or you right. know, it's it's like they all die, right? right? Um, Coburn in California, I don't think quite understood the question because his response was just simply, "I prefer movies with sad endings." Like, cool. Well, we did, did we not but, talk? Did we not talk about the difference between, like, you know, do we? Well, uh, yeah, just now we did, but on the the not social media, we just asked the question: oh, What's your favorite okay. example of you know a movie oh, okay, with a yeah. sad ending? But Coburn, I, I'm glad that you agree that you know those can be. 
I kind a of well-crafted ending. Coburn, I think it's a great answer. That's how I probably would have answered it. I don't know if you think I'm arguing with him. I'm not. I'm just saying I'd, I'd love to know what his answer was. Um, anyway, maybe next week, Coburn. Next time. Uh, Derek in Missouri said Marley and me. Yeah, that's a... The dog dies. The dog dies. Yeah. <laughs> Dogs dying is a, is a tough one for people, right? Because I know people always mention yeah. that from... Uh, what was the one with Will Smith? Uh uh, oh, yeah, uh, I am legend. legend. Yeah. Oh, it's devastating. Yeah. I I like, get it. I do get it. But then there's a part of me that's stubborn enough to say to other people like, mm, I'm not okay with the fact that you like dogs more than human beings, and you attribute them more innocence than human beings, and therefore feel worse for them. So, I I I'm I'm a mixed I'm a mixed on on endings with with dogs dying. Okay. You may have just earned yourself some some enemies. Yeah. I know. It's okay. All right. Randall in Boise says seven pounds. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, the that, jellyfish did that's, it. That's a, sad, that's a sad movie. There's no there's no two ways about it. There's, that's a sad one. Um, uh, Troy in Texas says Dead Poet Society. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Rob in Colorado Springs says The Departed. The Departed, dude. The Departed. Uh, which is not a sad ending, but it's certainly a, not a happy ending either. It's just like a... It's also a, not a tidy ending. Everyone gets shot up. Everybody. Well, not Marky Mark, but everybody else. Of course not Marky Mark. Um, <laughs> That's the Mark. one film Marky Mark is good in. Wait, does he die? I can't no, remember. No, he doesn't. He goes and kills Matt Damon, doesn't That's he? Right. After That's right. Oh, yeah. Finding no, everything out. Scene of remembering, yeah. You know, speaking of Rob in Colorado Springs, uh, when I posted this today on social media, the, the picture that I put with, uh, you know, what's your, what's your favorite sad movie was was Jack holding Rose on the, on the front of the Titanic. And one of the other listeners had said, we need to get Rodney and Chet's face on this immediately. And within minutes, Rob from Colorado Springs uh, created that image, which has been shared on our social media accounts. So enjoy. And uh, Rodney was Jack and I was Rose. Yeah, listen, there's, there's no two ways about it. That's, that's the way that it should be. Rodney, ask me if, uh, if there was a, a, a floating board in the ocean... And if I had an opportunity to make room for you, for you to survive, if I would do that, ask me after. I, I would let uh, myself die because I wouldn't want you to have the option to 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 not pull me up. Troy in Kansas City says the Green Mile. Still yeah. a movie I haven't seen. It's what? sad. Don't say I, anything. Sad ending. I know. Don't say anything. That's, I know. I, I mean, I, I generally how know. Have you not seen that? And you've seen something more than once. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it definitely. I, w- I would make the argument that The Green Mile is like such a long movie, but I've definitely watched at least nine hours of something borrowed. So, nine hours. Oh, I'm embarrassed to know you. <laughs> um, yet another movie with a sad ending that we could put on this list. Matt in Kansas says <laughs> The Longest Yard uh, was pretty sad because the convicts beat the guards. The dichotomy is palpable. Which begs, it brings up a good point. Are, are, are movies just not happy at the end based on who you were rooting for the whole time? Because, like... Like, like in The Karate Kid. I'm just, yeah. actually win. Uh, so, at the end, I don't know. It, it begs the question. So, uh, Matt in Kansas, you are an intellectual. Um, Angel in Kansas City says Lion, which was another mm-hmm. recommendation of ours. What, I, I think that's, like, he said, he, to be fair, he said it's a mixed ending because it's happy with the family reuniting but sad that by the time he reunites with his family, he then learns his brother died the same night that he was oh, yeah. lost. So yeah. that, that was sad. Um, and then Ivy says Hyena Road. 
I've yeah, never she told me about that before. We were I'm talking about this. She was the reason why I left late work, late from work, late work. Ivy was. Yeah. Damn it, Ivy. Were you talking about Hyena Road? Uh, she did bring up Hyena Road on that call. Yes. Now is Hyena Road a play on like High Road? Like take the high road? I don't think so. Not any more than before we go is a take on before midnight. So like to go back to my point, hyena, like what if you were someone who worked intimately with hyenas and cared for them in a zoo and then watched The Lion King, who you're rooting for? Or what if you are an uncle <laughs> who is edged out by your brother and, and his son? This is the story And you watch The life, Lion guys. King. This is why, who are you rooting for? This is why I have no friends, because in any situation, what I try and bring up is that there is another side of this story, and you know when you do that, you make very little friends. Alina, uh, you had one more that you had I to I think lead. we've got you know, a couple more. We've got Ross, he's also mentioned, Ross Longdon's mentioned uh, Moon, and have you guys seen Moon yet? No, I don't no. even know. No, I've what? seen The Moon, but not, a, not the movie Moon. Good to know. Uh, well, you're, I'm not going to ruin that, so... Uh, I want you guys to watch that. So I think that would be a good one to recommend in the future. Who is because the one? Not, is, did you have to one. say that one so you avoided getting slapped? Yeah, there's one no, you're not supposed that to one. say, otherwise you get slapped, The one I have to right? say is from uh, Nick Gardner, current champ, who said, when Han is killed at the end of both Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift and Fast and Furious 6, hashtag never forget, hashtag Team Dom, Hashtag greatest movie franchise of all time. Now, I'm going to push so I'm just this a saying little that bit. so I don't get slapped. You, can you want to explain to our listeners wrong. why you would potentially get slapped and what he's the current champ of? So he's, <laughs> he's the current champ of my rugby fantasy uh, league we have. I was champ last year. I'm now Sacco. Steep mm. fall from grace. And the, we, ha- we have a group chat and we have this this game that, to be fair, I don't really pay attention to, but everyone else does. So if you say something uh, stupid or make a claim, someone say sack claim, and if you don't do it, they're allowed to slap you. So if you say, I'm going to be here by this time, and someone says slap claim, and if you're not, you're getting slapped. Does and everyone get to slap you, or does just no, the just person, the person who's... Okay. the person who's made the slap claim? But you can okay. sell your slap claim. That's fine. But, um, but there's like... Sir Softy, who's also, we've mentioned before, part of the group, there'll be a lot of chat going on. He won't say anything for ages. Like a slap claim ninja will just come out of nowhere and put a slap claim in there. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I kind of like this. I think we need to instill it in the show somehow. Oh, yeah. Like, if we're like trying to get Rodney to just finally watch a movie or you know that we've both approved of, and Rodney's like, I'll watch it this week, and we say slap claim, then mm, you have yeah. to. That's a good you one. You have to. I yeah, like that. We should introduce that. I like that. I, Lyndon, I would like you to uh, cl- do all the slap claims. That way I, I feel safer. I mean, obviously, you've got an opportunity coming up. But Oh, uh, yeah. Let's see how many slap claims. <laughs> how many slaps we can get in 17 days before I arrive. All right. So what's uh, what's your answer there, Rodney? What's your uh, favorite my, sad movie or not happy? Non happy. It's not sad. I think mine was, I remember watching it when I was younger. It came. The movie came out in 2000. It's called Arlington Road. You ever seen Arlington Road? Do you mean Hyena uh, yeah. Road? No, Arlington mm. Road. And it was with um Jeff Bridges and Tim Robbins. That's correct. And so to me, um a movie I I really love because I think it was one of those that I thought it it's kind of like a mind game at the very end where basically the guy who I mean and it was actually about a basically a terrorist attack that someone was planning. Tim Robbins is like a guy's neighbor. Um they seem friendly enough and then he plans this attack and tries to stop him 
and then in the process of trying to stop him ends up being the person who drives a car with the bomb into this like building and so basically the good guy at the end is actually considered and covered on the news as the terrorist do you mean abby lane nope What's oh, this called? This is called Arlington Road. Arlington Road. Hyena Road. Interesting. And, I've never heard so, of it. Yeah, no. So for me, you haven't? Oh, no. really? It's such a, so to me, it was one of those movies as a kid that I remember thinking like, gosh, more movies need to end like this. Like just interesting where the good guy is actually seems to be the bad guy and life is a crazy thing. Huh. Sing, yeah. Sing Street, huh? I'll have to see it. Yeah, Sing Street's another Lyndon, one. Lyndon, what was yours? Um, I was thinking most recently the one was probably a monster calls where you can see where it's going the whole film and you know it's going to be it's kind of a sad stroke uplifting ending but you know what's going to happen but the way it happens is really nicely done and catches you by surprise yeah Yeah. you you recommended that for us I recommended it then to my sister who then told me that I'm a a hateful person for having recommended (laughs) it so (laughs) although I would say it's one of my favorites uh, that we've ever recommended that was a great one yes same so, I mean, I have a few that come to mind, and I know we have to pick one, but, I mean, Gone with the Wind does not have a happy ending. 500 Days of Summer is one that I've always liked. Yeah, that's a good one. People pick at because of the ending, but I feel like that's the whole point of it. Mm. Um, but I think that my number one answer is actually Shutter Island, mm-hmm. because that was one that I, first of all, I think that's like a 9 out of 10 for me. It's one of my all-time yeah. favorites. I thought the whole time I was sucked into it, but, like, Hollywood tropes usually end in some sort of a resolution and this this did not like the character you come to care for and empathize with ends up having does it? a terrible ending uh, oh, does it though no i mean a great ending a terrible ending for for him is what i'm trying to yeah, say yeah but there's yeah. a suggestion that he's choosing that sure but he's choosing it because he comes to the realization that he himself killed his family yeah. he killed his wife i mean right. and that she killed his kids so whether he chooses and i do believe he chooses it Oh, but whether or not that's like, whatever, it's up, you know, up for debate. I guess it's less of a debate in the book, but the idea is that it, it's, that's only present. That choice is only present for him because he's now of clear mind and realizes he, he killed his wife because his wife killed his kids. Like that's not a happy ending. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's, um, yeah, that was, it's funny that you say that one. Cause I, I thought that one earlier today too. Mm-hmm. It's like, Oh, Shutter Island's a, a, another good example. Um, and I did read the book. The book has like, yeah, the the ending's a little bit different, but um, but in any case, it's still a movie with not exactly a tidy resolution. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Well, Lyndon, you have a, a game set up for us, continuing with all of our spoiler. Talk so yeah, so let's um, continue spoiling films with a quiz called Twist and Spoil. So you will each have a minute, and I'll, you'll have ten twists or conclusions of a film that i will give you and you'll have to try and guess the film and you have a minute to try and get 10 okay so who wants to go first oh get it so it's almost like movie taboo but you're gonna just give us the ending and we have to (coughs) whoa we it's like movie taboo excuse me wow scared me uh speaking of (laughs) soiling the ending uh You uh Did you just soil your end? I soiled my ending, man. Um Save okay. it for later. Is that what I is that what I'm hearing? You're gonna give yeah. us the ending of a movie. I'm give you the ending or a twist within a film, you have to tell me the film. And then if and we you've... if we get the, the movie, then we get a point, and if we don't, we just say pass and you give us the next one. Exactly. Got it. And I you're like gonna have it. a minute, so we've got a bit of a time limit. I like so it. who's go- do you wanna go first, Rodney? And I go first. 
And he goes first. So, Chet, do you want to be our timekeeper? Oh, sure. So you say go. Uh, so we'll have a minute maximum. Um, so are you ready, Lyndon? So I can hit I'm the ready. stopwatch? All right. Three, two, one, go. Number one, Bruce Willis is dead. Oh, uh, Sixth Sense. Yeah. Number two, Christian Bale has a twin to help with all his tricks. Skip. Okay. Oh. Number three. Well, yeah, yeah, do you want to go back to number two? Yeah, Prestige. Yes, nice. Number three, that old man in the military cemetery at the beginning isn't old Tom Hanks. It's old Matt Damon. Skip. Okay. Number four, Norman's mum has actually been dead quite a while. Skip. Uh, number five, Rosebud is the name of, the, of his sled Citizen as a child. Kane. <laughs> yeah. Stupid. Number six, destroyed Statue of Liberty reveals the astronauts only travelled in time, not space. Day after tomorrow? No. Any of the next one? Yeah. The, the man telling the story is Kaiser Soze. Oh, user or suspect. Yep. Yeah. Favorite one for you, Rodney. Obi Wan forgot to done. mention. Done, done, done. <laughs> Mother. Can I can I say the ones he missed? Uh, yep. Yeah, so what did we miss? We missed. We got Bruce Willis. Yeah. We got the pre- got six cents. We got the prestige. Yeah. Number three. What? The the old man in the military cemetery at the beginning. Yeah, saving Private Ryan. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Uh, and then, Norman's mum has been dead quite a while. Psycho. Uh, yeah. Oh, you got, yeah. So and we got one, no. two. Planet got, of the Apes. Was, I got four. Planet of the Apes was one of them, too. The, the travel, yeah. The, the Statue of Liberty. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. And I've got... <laughs> uh, I was just got cut off my favourite one for you. Obi-Wan forgot to mention the asthmatic villain is actually his father. Uh, I wouldn't know which one it is. Darth yeah. Vader's... Darth Vader. I think guy. it was Solo. <laughs> Wait, is it Last Crusade? So that's four, four. So four. Uh, an okay score. We have to see how uh, how check gets on now. So All Rodney, right. your timing. Did you just forget my name? No. <laughs> he, he did for a second. Uh, no, no, I didn't. Um, Chad. <laughs> just recently, I had that moment where I was like. I'm pretty sure this guy's name is Chris, but I don't know, so I didn't say it. <laughs> hey, bud. <laughs> I said, hey, I said you. no. I uh, I partnered with uh, with him. <laughs> okay, Rodney, you're the timekeeper. When you're ready. All right, and go. It's Gwyneth Paltrow's head in a box. Seven. Uh, Tyler Durden isn't real. Fight Club. Alien invaders are killed by Earth's microbes. Uh, the War of the Worlds. Alien invaders are allergic to water. Uh, signs. Yes. He's just a normal man behind the curtain. Wizard of Oz. Yeah. The groom was on the rooftop all along. Hangover. Yeah. They're actually clones bred for replacement organs. Ooh, I don't know. Move on? Yeah. Uh, The corpse lying in the middle of the floor is actually the killer. Oh, uh, Saw. Uh, Sergeant Howie isn't on the island to investigate anything here. He is there to be the virgin sacrifice. I have no idea. Okay. Uh, Ed Harris and Paul Bettany only exist in Russell Crowe's head. Oh, um, a beautiful mind. Uh, the ten characters stuck in the motel are actually the ten personalities uh, inside. The- oh, wow! He crushed nice. it. Crushed it. Wait, what's the one? Uh, um, Alien invaders. Body snatchers? What was that? No, you got you got all the alien invaders. So we got seven. We got Fight Club. We got War of the Worlds. We got Signs. We got Wizard of Oz. We got Hangover. We got the Isle. No, we got Saw. So we got seven. You didn't get 
the island. They're actually clones bred for replacement oh, weapons. Yeah. And the other one you didn't get was uh, Sergeant Howie is on the island to investigate anything here. He is there to be a virgin sacrifice, which is the Wicker Man. I've never seen Oh, never seen yeah, that's right. I have seen Yeah. And yeah, then I, I had to, like, that, though. I mean, I do out remember it. But... Through because it was a spoiler for the Green Man. I didn't want to ruin it for uh, Roddy. Oh, look at that. But you you I mean, smashed it. That was Seven a... to four. That's, that's not just a defeat. That's an embarrassment, Rodney. <laughs> How would you feel? Uh, Let's go live to I, Rodney. You know what? Actually, in this case, it, it, to me, it was just it was such a clean performance that, that I just respect it. I'm not even upset about it. Oh, I, you should be upset. I would be with that score. <laughs> oh, listen, you, you're, part of the, you're, you're part of the reading, okay? I think mine were longer sentences. Is that what you want? What? <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Alright, fine. If you want me to find something... Spoiler warning. <laughs> Rodney will be a jerk no matter what. <laughs> uh, I was trying not to be, and then he begged me to be. Uh, it was too easy. Well, that was a good That was a good quiz. That was uh, very creative. Yeah, that's those were good. The uh, quiz master strikes again. Yeah. No, because that's, that's subtle. To do, to be able to... Those, are, those were really brief descriptions that gave us as much as we needed to know on all those yeah. movies. And I, th- I forgot to mention what the prize is, but the winner gets to choose who the loser does for the voice of the week. Wow. So, How convenient because I <laughs> was just thinking that. Quite like a- uh, So I, I think it'd be great to know what Peter Griffin might say about our show and how our listeners can help uh, in terms of iTunes reviews. Yeah. I can't. I don't think I can do it. Hey, Joe, where you been? Hey, Joe, where you been? I've been looking for you to give me an iTunes review. Going to Pawtucket Brewery. <laughs> yeah, I want... Yeah, I wanted to get a five-star yeah. review on Yelp. Yeah, for these guys. It's called Down the Hall Guys. I don't know anything about them. But apparently they do a podcast. I don't even know anything about that. Lois is my wife. <laughs> You know it's Quagmire's uh, my neighbor. You know it's bad when you just start having to say facts about the character. I'm in a show called Family Guy. Eventually, eventually, this segment's going to get bad enough that people are going to stop wanting to hear it. We haven't gotten any new reviews in the last few weeks, so I think that's on you. Honestly, I, I, I that has listen, to be. You got to pick better voices. Actually, my last voice was pretty good. Linda and I are Even doing the same thing. All. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe maybe I just do fat bastard every week from Austin Powers. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that was uh, our movie of the week. We also gave you one to avoid. Went through a topic. We went through the game, but we also get into uh, the spoiler section of of the movie of the week, where we just kind of discuss our favorite scenes. And if you haven't seen this, or you plan on seeing it again. We highly recommend you do. This is where you would check out. Um, but we want to remind you to go to our website at Down the Hall. Oh, I'm just laughing. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm laughing at normally we. would this is where you check out. Yeah. But I'm thinking, boy, we've really, we, you needed to check out a long time. Ago. Rodney checked out way back. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. uh, we do want to remind you to go to our website, downthehallpodcast.com, where you can scroll down and recommend a movie of the week for us there. I told you not to give details. Yeah. Well, you're the one who gave me the details. All right. Here we are in the spoiler section. Uh, we've spoiled a lot of things this episode, but you've yet to spoil before we go. Rodney. Since you've now had to say it three different times with our sound, our sound issues. Yep. Mm. Poor Rodney has had a really good answer, and we just kept having tech issues. Rodney, what's your answer? What's your favorite scene of Before We Go? So I know this is going to surprise both of you guys, but my favorite scene <laughs> is uh, when they're wandering around New York and they end up bumping into a fortune teller or deciding to go to a fortune teller. 
who Ooh, turns it. Saint wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was a good one. Good yeah. choice. Had good choice. Of it. And, uh, I, you know, I hardly forgot. I hardly remembered that was even in the movie. Basically, this fortune teller is less so a, like, psychic and more an 80-plus-year-old therapist who kind of is talking to them from the perspective of his own relationship and, you know, his thoughts on, on a relationship, even though they've kind of said that they're not in one. Um, and anyway, to me, I, I think I particularly like this scene because it's, it's one of those moments that they've had this conversation. It's a pretty honest conversation where they've really gotten to know each other. And, um, you know, in movies like that, in movies like this, where conversation is like flowing so nicely, I think, um, you know, it's pretty cool for them to then introduce now a third character who kind of is jumping into the middle of their very honest conversation. And he himself is a very honest person. So, um, it's like adding in a third character, um, who joins seamlessly into this ongoing conversation, uh, and, and brings a different perspective in, in a really nice way. So to me, um, that's probably why it was my favorite scene is it, it adds in this, extra moment in a movie that's been dictated by two primary characters, uh, a third voice who kind of fits in perfectly. Nice. So wait, is he a second or third voice? I believe I said third, but he, he could be the second voice. If you consider their voice one. Oh, nice. Oh, we're getting meta. Mm. Uh, I think, my favorite, it's not a, a singular scene as much as it is. Um, I really liked Chris Evans throughout this whole movie. I didn't spend a lot of time talking about it in the front half of this episode, but he was just super charming. I thought like, I know he directed it, so maybe he wanted to emphasize that, but he, I thought he was kind of perfect for the role because he is like, you know, as much of, of a movie star as he is, he kind of can pull off like the regular guy too, mm -hmm. I yeah. think in a believable way. Um, but yeah, I just thought he was great. Uh, and you know, throughout the whole thing and just, Again, since it's a conversation-heavy film, it's less of like individual moments and scenes as, as run-on conversation as you're learning about these people. And I thought his character in particular was why I like this. I honestly wasn't all that impressed with, with Alice Eve, frankly, but that's just me. In terms um, of her life story or in terms of the actor? No, just like it's not why I feel like this is such a high uh, rating for me. I feel like his okay. performance was, was why hmm. or one of the main reasons why. Yeah. Um, Linda, what was your favorite scene? I think mine was – kind of the end so there's uh, almost the build-up towards the end as well so there's a couple of callbacks to things that happened previously they have the whole writing uh behind the painting in hotel rooms and then they have the final conversation where they pretend to talk back in time on the on the telephone again but then it's it's a nice gentle understated ending and then you don't know what is written on the note when it says turn over on the note you don't know what's written on it so that ending is whatever you want it to be it could be his number it could be just a little nice little message it could be anything it's what you want it to be and it, you take away from that relationship you've seen within that film what what you want to and I, I i really like that nice little ending and it doesn't like we were saying earlier tie everything up in a nice little bow it leaves it very open-ended. I think it was a bill for his services. <laughs> You're saying for like just like you know tour guide slash personal security slash consultant. I mean, slash he bought, therapist. He bought a hotel room. Got he a hotel room. I would imagine. Yeah, he paid, therapist. He, he had to have paid for the psychic. He, like, he got punched as would, well, didn't he? It was oh, probably yeah. what they were probably together. What six hours, mm -hmm. right? And what would yeah. six hours of a therapist, of a personal security guard, of a consultant, of a tour guide, mm -hmm. and also getting the hotel room? 
What would that run you? I mean, I think expenses, his hourly rate can't be that high, though, because, I mean, he was playing music in Grand Central Station. So, true, or true. Penn Station, if you were listening earlier in the episode where I messed that up. So, yeah. Well, let's hope they were. Let's hope they're still listening. So, but I think I agree with you as well, Chet. Chris Evans is is really good in this film as well. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, guys, are we forgetting anything? Is there anything Probably. we want to say? Probably. Okay, I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. So we, we spoiled a lot of films this way. If, if someone was like, hmm, you know, I will try a movie podcast. I haven't watched very many movies, just Jurassic Park. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen to this one episode of this one show and, and check it out. We just, ruined, just, we just ruined 30 movies for them within this one episode. We're never going to get around to all of those movies if they've just seen Jurassic Park. We've ruined 30 movies and then we got a very poor man's uh, family guy. <laughs> impression to try and let, persuade them to lead a review yeah so if we do spoil a lot of films for you don't leave a review this time i can't do it <laughs> no don't um all right well uh you can follow us on twitter at down the hall guys you can find us on facebook and on instagram i'm trying to wrap this up quickly before rodney snacks into the microphone with his chips so here he goes okay and Girls. that's rodney and lord linden across the pond we will see you next week. don't forget.